Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. You want to know what the uh, secret to happiness is, Lucky? Okay. I found it. Money. I no, they say that, no. I believe that to be true. They say no. Right. But ask the, see the people who uh, have a lot of it? I don't see them crying all that often. No, but they try and tell you that it's not so good. It's a big struggle. Yeah. They say, oh, you know, the more you make, the more you owe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More money, more problems. Uh-huh. Well, turns out that uh, gratitude is the secret to happiness. Okay. I'll take the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Expressing gratitude. Sir. Yeah. I'll have that Just one. being really grateful all the time? Yeah. I'd rather lump sum. Thank you. Um, many say they regularly make it a point to express gratitude in their everyday lives. And those who report they're very happy on a daily, a daily basis are more likely always to give thanks. This is uh, simple. They're just simple things. Uh, people in person writing, uh, thanking somebody in person, writing letters or notes, buying a personal uh, gift for somebody, making them a meal, acts of kindness. Uh, just generally being mindful of all the things you're grateful for, whether it's at home, at work, or when you're out. Yeah, I, you know, I find it a very a crazy experiment sometimes with social media is when you see birthdays pop up. Mm. Or or special occasions, right? Uh, even just anyone's post, because you have an option to spend a nanosecond of your life and click like, mm-hmm. <laughs> or uh, spend a few seconds of your life and say, "Well done, congratulations, or happy birthday, or whatever that positive message is." And how many times we'll see it and go, "Yeah, they're not worth it." Or, we get, or I couldn't be bothered. We get spiteful because we remember they didn't like our birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you. Yeah. I, you know, when my birthday comes around every year, I think to myself, i got to remove that off of Facebook. Right. Because now... I, you don't like it? I don't like it anymore. There's so many words like, oh, man, I, you know, it feels good. There's somebody we like that kind of pat on the back, right? I don't like now acknowledging I'm aging. I think that's part of the problem. I'd rather avoid it. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. Yes, there are times that for sure that, you know, I'll pause and think about how grateful. I remember uh, years ago, and this is something that, uh, you know, you can, I think, use and seem to be something I've not forgotten, where I was standing outside. I was in my backyard, middle of summer, uh, beautiful day, and I had a moment of pause where I thought, there is absolutely nothing in my life right now that's bad or going wrong. Hmm. You know, kids were great and Sorry, young. This was you? This was me, and I was sober. <laughs> I, I said, everything is a positive right now. Marriage is in good shape. Kids are healthy and happy. My parents were active. My job was good. Like, I, I, there was nothing I could think of that was kind of on the downside or... And I thought, i got to remember this moment. Right. Because it's not lasting. <laughs> and, and it doesn't. You know, as a grandfather, my, my dad's dad once said, besides, uh, get me more ice, kid. <laughs> he said, light me a stogie. He said, uh, lo- there are a lot more tough, down, sad times in life than there are happy ones. Huh. And uh, That's a- that was positive <laughs> for a four-year-old. <laughs> And you wonder why I am the man I am. Plays a lot about the vet culture. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Nothing's easy and nothing's good. This is what you were told. Yeah, yeah, I heard it a few times. We had it, we had it on a pillow in grain. So also where I learned every rat bastard's got to suck the pipe. This is the okay. type of stuff I was taught. Gotcha. But meaning you got basically there's a positive to that, and that you you've got to enjoy the good times because the bad times are tough. So be grateful when you need to be grateful. But I'll still take that cash. Hey, do you have a uh, do you have a wee one at home, a little baby, and you're struggling with uh, trying to get the baby to sleep? Boy, that when I when my kids were were babies, and you you go through all the steps, and you'd finally get them down into the crib, and they'd be quiet for like a millisecond, and you'd start to turn your back, and they'd cry, and you'd just be like, oh, for the love of what have we done? What have I done? Well, there's been some research done. A team in Japan tried different methods with more than 20 infants. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine 20 crying infants? Oh, my goodness. And they tracked their heart rates to see how quickly they could uh, calm them down and get them to sleep. And they say this method, this formula, works best to get your crying baby back to sleep. And it only takes like 10 minutes. Two steps. Walk with them, then sit with them. Carry them around for five minutes. It'll start to slow their heart rate within 30 seconds. It calms them down even better than rocking them does. We all think the rocking is what you got to do. Okay. And then sit down and hold them for another five to eight minutes. Be patient or they might wake up. Waiting at least five minutes gives you the best chance of them staying asleep when you lay them back down. Mm. All right. All right. Well, listen, we read all the books. We went through all of that. The, holding on to the method is the only, the only problem with that is, is they get attached mm. to that. Then, you know, they need you to hold them to put them to sleep. Like some of the methods I remember were like almost cruel. You just put them in and you walk away. We did right? that. And let them cry it out. Yeah. And I think we were you were know, doing just as much crying in the hallway listening oh, to really? it happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, can we go in? Can we go in? I, I don't think I ever felt any crying for them. I just felt complete <laughs> frustration at the whole ordeal. Yeah, we did the same thing and I still hear Daniel at 28 years of age sobbing. So. <laughs> Because <laughs> he wants you to come hold him Maybe. for five minutes. Or he's probably thinking, I'm still in my father's house. 28 years of age. Uh, yeah, it's it's really difficult. And, you know, sometimes one is easy, the other is hard. Like, I know Daniel, our first, he really was very easy. Went to sleep, no problem. David was a real struggle. And I remember the only thing that would kind of knock him out was you'd give him a bottle and you just kind of pat him on his on his butt gently, and that would kind of get the uh, crib just gently rocking, and then he would pass out. But he needed that bottle, and if he finished it, you have to give him another one. And I some nights put about nine bottles of milk in him. So when Maria found him in the morning, his diaper was just this crystallized, massive shopping bag that looked like it had air in it. Well, this fella has uh, certainly changed his tune. Johnny Rotten, he is not happy with the uh, surviving members of the Sex Pistols. He uh, says they're uh, just trying to make a buck of Queen Elizabeth's demise. Oh, wow. They've been licensing the song God Save the Queen, and in a statement on Twitter, he says the rest of the band and their management have approved a number of requests against his wishes. He uh, finds all of this 
tasteless and disrespectful to the Queen and her family. Hmm. It's from the guy who wrote that song. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's well, changed. Funny, we're, well, you'll hear that song tonight again, too, because uh, tonight, the Friday night full album experience, right? uh, Lee Eckley's got, and, and it, it wasn't done for this purpose. It was actually scheduled scheduled months ago. Oh, yeah, this is by accident. Right. We couldn't have figured this out ourselves. <laughs> the, yeah, never mind the bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. This is the album tonight, 11 o'clock in the Friday Night Full Album Experience. Well, and if you've listened to that album, then you'll know that if it starts at 11 o'clock, it'll be done by 11.15. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Every song is like a minute and a half to that two minutes. That was the punk. We're not sticking around for four or five minutes. I saw them play it uh, years ago. They had a reunion tour, and literally the show and the encore uh, was about 45 minutes. <laughs> Perfect. Took, took us longer to get there than it did. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, yeah, he just, he listen, he says he's still not a big supporter of the monarchy, but he feels that the family deserves some respect at this difficult time. So that's mm. very human of him and not, right. so, not so punky. You know, I've made it a mission in my life to squash some couples, and one of them is on the ropes. I've got them on the ropes. I'm like Mike Tyson in my prime. Okay. Yeah, uh, there's a few couples on that list. Yeah, Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen are living oh. separately. Oh, that's not a bit. They got mansions all over the place. No, they got marital issues. Okay. They're not seeing eye to eye. She's not happy about him playing football that's still, right. right? And she's told him, she says, I've told him in conversation over and over again. He says, ultimately, I feel that everybody has to make a decision that works for them. He needs to follow his joy, too. Those You could read a lot into that line, <laughs> meaning I can follow my joy just like you follow yours, and I'm going to go be joyful without you. Wow. How um, is the perfect couple? How could this be? They're the perfect couple. They just, tell us all the time. We talk about it all the time, like just the difference in their life compared to everyone else's. Yeah. They, you know, the, the chefs and the yachts and all yeah. of this going on, the hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, and now... Like, just to even more prove that. Here's a guy who just wants to go to work. (laughs) (laughs) For most of us, she's yelling, would you get your ass to work? (laughs) Not there. Sometime back, we uh, we giggled like 12-year-olds when we heard that there was going to be a probe going to Uranus. Right, yes. We're going to put a probe deep into Uranus. Uh Uh-huh. Well, now, I guess we're getting closer to that probe going in because someone was asking on Twitter uh, names, suggestions for names for the probe, and people re- responded with Bootylicious, <laughs> Enema, Seymour <laughs> Butts, <laughs> Mission Colonoscopy. Awesome. Yeah. And B-U-T-T, but, which stands for Better Uranus Telemetry Tracking. All right. And poop for Planetary Orbital Observation Probe. (laughs) (laughs) See, we're all 12-year-olds at heart. (laughs) What do you think they're going to find deep in Uranus? Uh, Well, hopefully nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, maybe some polyps so they can take them out. Yeah. The atmosphere is, you know, the solar system is going, is it that, have I reached that age? <laughs> this has to be a regular thing. You know, all of that, the plan, I, I'm always amazed by it and, and totally confused by most of it all of the time. But occasionally you'll, you'll hear things and you just, it shakes your head at the just, just how huge, I, I can't even go, it's just the, the, uh, 
What's the word I'm looking for? Just the massiveness of it all. Just the, when, when, when you hear numbers and distance right. and light years and, and, you know, it's like, for example, somebody figured out, a scientist obviously figured out how Saturn got its rings. And they say a moon strayed too close 160 million years ago and got torn apart by uh, massive gravity. Mm. 160 million years ago. Right. The queen was just a young child. I'm thinking uh, <laughs> if we call it the um, strategic aerospace, no, strategic heightened aerospace research test. The chart, for sure. <laughs> heard a story a day or so ago about the uh, York School Board. This is something they dreamed up and decided would be a good idea and then got uh, shut down uh, pretty quickly by uh, Stephen Lecce the uh, Minister of Education. Um, and this is just the York Board. I, I haven't heard of any others uh, taking this route. But they decided that come Monday for the Queen's funeral, they would do absolutely nothing. They wanted no moment of silence. They didn't want any recognition of the Queen. They didn't want any ceremonies held. They didn't want the kids learning about the Queen and the history and the monarchy and what it me meant to the world and what it means now. None of it. Now, why? Why would they think it would seem to me, much like Remembrance Day, that this is a great opportunity to teach his history and the significance of that family and what the Queen meant to the world, both positive and negative? But they decided, no, no, we're not going to do it. And their reasons, they had a few, but two of them that stuck out to me was one, colonialism. Right. They felt that if any child was from a background, perhaps African or another country that had fallen under colonialism rule, that they would be, and this word drives me crazy, triggered by mm. that, upset by that. Okay, I would think that if any child from uh, an African background or any other country uh, had... Uh, had grandparents and parents and others who would have probably along the way, depending on how old they are, I mean, if they're really young, they wouldn't know any different anyhow. And if they were like teenagers, they probably heard stories over the dinner table about what this all meant, especially now with the Queen and how, uh, you know, being dominated under colonialism and having your country's economy, you know, suffering because of it. They would have heard these stories. They right. would have learned that history in their own home. And you would think on some level, because it would be seen as a really bad thing, that they would kind of be happy the queen was dead, not, <laughs> not triggered and upset by it. Mm. The other reason the school board, the York school board said, um, we're not going to do anything about the queen, is because her death might also trigger them if they've had somebody else in their own personal life who passed away recently. Right, yes. Once again now, squashing any opportunity to have a discussion or show a human uh, uh, human grief to show that this is all real and a part of living a life. Mm. So immediately, I guess, this email got sent around to all the schools within York, and then it landed on Stephen uh, Lecce's desk. And uh, I keep wanting to say douche. <laughs> Many do. Many do, yeah. Um, it landed on his desk, and uh, he immediately uh, said, no, that's not what you're doing. Good. We want you to be uh, talking about the queen and what she meant. So 
It shows well, certainly listen. that he has power to to lay that hammer down when he wants to. Well, he is the education minister. Yeah, but he seems to not do it a lot. Well, listen, I, I mean, in this in doing this would create a massive problem for the York School Board mm-hmm. in the sense of you're picking and choosing your battles on this one. Right. When are you not going to take Victoria Day off now? Right. 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 <laughs> because right. Well, well, hey, listen, you don't you don't want to have to explain. Why you're taking this day off for Queen Victoria? Mm-hmm. You could probably cancel Christmas. You're not going to do the Truth and Reconciliation Day if that might trigger someone as well. So right, right. Uh, maybe they have to work consistently and constantly through. If you're in the York School Board, if you're going to, you know, uh, go about this crap. And it, I'm sorry, you teach history in school, mm-hmm. and you don't just teach the history that you like. Right. You can teach all of history and learn from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, part of our culture now and, and what's crept into pop culture is to, you know, this wokeism in the sense that, you know, we have to be smarter. It doesn't mean you have to repeat history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what we're trying to avoid doing. Mm. But in order to prevent repeating history, you have to know the history in the first place. You teach about World War II and Nazis in Germany because you don't want Nazis in a World War II to happen again. You don't just avoid it all. And it's also part of the just making life very soft for children. So we are so far left on this thing with children. And again, this was just the York School Board, and I'm sure there's other school boards that uh, all the other ones seem to be on board with, with doing this. But just this removing anything that might trigger or alarm well, them. And I, it, life is really hard. One of the best lessons you can give children is to teach them that life is unfair and life is hard and things aren't always going to work out your way. More often than not, you're going to have to fight and struggle. But it's interesting. You say the rest of the schools are on board with doing this. Really, all it is is recognition that it's the day mm-hmm. and a moment of silence at yeah. 1 o'clock. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to change up the whole plan. They, they didn't have to change up the whole plan into, like, the day of the queen if they didn't want to. Right. It, they're just supposed to mark this as a, as a day. Uh, what, what exactly did they want out of all of this? I know. Plus, you know, it's, it's, yes, the history of the monarchy is one that's not great. When you've had something around this long, of course, there's going to be good and bad. But in the grand scheme of Queen Elizabeth's life, she was, for the most part, a really positive figure. Right. Could she have given back those diamonds at the top of the crown that they stole from Africa? Sure. <laughs> there's, some, there's some balls she dropped along the way. But she was busy with the corgis and sipping gin. Well, and, uh, and, and when, you, when you think about it in the, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, too, it, it is, I, I find it so crazy that, you know, we've got... We got we get so far left mm. with with these views that it's got to be you know completely woke and 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 completely eyes wide open in some senses but completely shut to the history that's happened. Yeah. Uh, and then on the other side you've got you know the far right and their William Wallace ideals of screaming freedom everywhere that it, it's it's you know <laughs> meet in the middle somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. And the problem, too, with the whole woke thing is that if you're not on board, like if you say, hey, look, trans people, homosexual, uh, gay, straight, uh, I'm for it all, but I'm, I'm not going out and, and building a float and, and running around and waving. A, I got my life to lead. Right. I'm on side. I'm all, I'm all for everything. But if you're not with them, you know, pitchfork in hand, ready to take down anybody who doesn't scream and yell from rooftops, well, now you're sexist and racist. And yeah. 
It's well, then, yeah, and that's part of the problem is the verbiage that we have now when it comes to it because, yeah. you know, they they tend to be towards the extreme ends yeah. of either left or right. right. That's but right. the problem is don't call them extreme because if they're an extremist, that's uh, an insult, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's all crazy, but it looks like uh, they were shut down and told, no, you're going you're gonna, to uh, salute the lady on Monday. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.